All right, welcome back to the Progressive Patriots. Once again, just me, it's Leo and you, me talking at you for however long this takes. So let's get right into it. Uh, This is just U.S. stuff, and it is just after 2000 on December 12th. So who knows what will be the what will be the haps by the time you hear it. So let's get into it. The House Education and Workforce Committee, they they invited the the presidents of three uh, prestigious schools in the Ivy League, one of the University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, and MIT. I don't know if MIT is in the Ivy League. doesn't really matter. Uh, So these these are still really prestigious schools, right? So they were called in to testify... In regards to reports of anti-Semitism becoming more prominent on campuses, right? And um, it really seemed like if you listen to the testimony, if you watch the clips or whatever, they weren't able to give, when asked, is there anti, like, is anti-Semitism against school policies? Like, you will act on, you know, you'll move to block it. Just a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward question that get that should have gotten a really straightforward answer. Yes, anti-Semitism is bad. Anybody, anyone, and everyone should agree with that. Uh, anyone who's worth anything agrees with that. Unfortunately, it seemed like um, they were like these uh, presidents were set on. They had like uh, talking points in mind that they had that they were going to deliver. You know what I mean? Like they, they had, they had their script, they had their workflow, and they were going to stick to that regardless of what the questions were. Uh, so, in light of that, the president of University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, she resigned on uh, last Saturday, the ninth, and has agreed to stay on uh, until. Her appointee, her interim appointee is designated, according, that's the, that's the word from the Board of Trustees. And she will, but she will remain a tenured professor at UPenn, at the law school at UPenn. So, uh, not, not all is lost, I suppose. Um, Harvard's Claudine Gay and MIT's Sally Kornbluth were the other two presidents that were called to testify the board of directors uh at and other alumni other faculty they were all defending uh claudine i i suppose for her not very good uh, testimony um i haven't heard anything about uh miss cornbluth so can't really tell you um but harvard was also a mixed bag it's not like everybody was supporting uh, was a supporting President Gay. There were some, I think, one prominent alumni, uh, alumnus, excuse me, w- uh, said that he's going to be redirecting his uh, his like donations or whatever. Uh, fun facts: the Anti Defamation League, who is a, uh, I believe, specifically regarding um, uh, Jewish people and the the whole diaspora i guess but they have cited a 400 percent rise in anti-semitism and care the council of american islamic relations 
um, cited a, a just under 200% rise in Islamophobia. So that is not fun at all. Uh, one thing, uh, this is a Supreme Court thing. Uh, Washington State had a case where a counselor who is a very, I don't know, devout Christian, I guess we'll put it that way. Uh, his name is Brian Tingley. And he offered what is known as conversion therapy. Um, if you don't know what that is, like, bless your fucking heart. It's um, like mental health professionals, guidance count professionals, those types of those types of people, those professions um, trying to turn your gay kids not gay because being gay is bad or no like re reaffirm them as uh whatever physical sex they are rather than the gender to which they identify um because that's bad so it's um overall a really horrible practice so not surprisingly washington uh blocked this um through legal channels and uh Mr. Tingley appealed it. The the appeals court also shot him down. He appealed it again to the Supreme Court, and they declined to hear the case at all. Um, These will these names will be to the surprise of absolutely no one. But uh, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Brett Kavanaugh those were the three dissenting uh, votes on the in the court uh the the grounds for the case altogether was that uh mr tingley felt his free speech was being infringed through censorship by the by the state of washington and how he speaks how he is allowed to speak to his clients um which i i i see the i see the thinking there but the state argued back that it's uh they're not censoring his speech they're regulating his profession so i don't know like if he wants to work with someone outside of his professional professional channels i suppose but it, it would be i don't know how you would get around that so uh i don't know but finally i'm i'm surprised that that uh cohen barrett was not on the uh, dissenting opinion. So, fun times, I guess. Let's see. Uh, I picked this one out because it's what one... When people talk about politics and how can you... How are politics relevant to people's day-to-day lives? They refer to them as, like, kitchen table politics, typically financial stuff. So, here's... um, I took this. I picked this one up because it's uh, in the literal sense, kitchen table politics. So there's an um, Albertsons, the grocery store chain, is going to be is moving to acquire be acquired by Kroger, uh, who is a, another major grocery store chain. It's going to be like just under twenty five billion dollars for the acquisition. Um. The what made news, what brought this to my attention is uh, Senators Warren, Hirono, Sanders, and Booker. 
and Representative Summerlee and AOC. Those six um, spoke out against this, saying that it's not, you know, it's not going to be good for the average working American. Um, the idea as part of, um, like, I guess the monopoly part of it is that Kroger will be divesting, meaning to say they are going to uh, sell off 413 of their store, of the stores, of their stores, including, you know, like a Albertsons, which uh, recently acquired, fuck, at least it um, seems like Smith's or something like that. Or Safeway. I'm an idiot. Safeway. So Safeway is purchased by Albertsons. Albertsons about to be purchased by Kroger. Uh, they have a bunch of different names. They go by Fry's where I live. Um, but they do go by Kroger, Ralph's, Smitty's I think is another one. But So the 14, 413 stores that they would be divesting would be passed off to C&S Wholesale. Who is a... It's more of a grocery supplier than it is um, retail stores like uh, like Kroger, Albertsons, and uh, Safeway and stuff. But CNS Wholesale does offer a f- or does have a few retail outlets. Um, they operate under the brand um, Piggly Wiggly. I thought that was like that. Somebody in um podcast I listened to he grew up in Wisconsin and would talk about Piggly Wiggly all the time. I thought it was a joke, but nope, that's the name of the store chain. So there you go. Uh, A statement from the Kroger people is that the merger, quote, will mean workers gain from $1 billion in higher wages, expanded benefits, long-term job security, and a strong unionized, unionized workforce. The merger will also mean lower prices and more choices for fresh food for customers and more investments in our communities. The Albertsons rep stated that the merger will, quote, will expand competition, lower prices, protect union jobs, and enhance customers' shopping experience. Um, what else? One of his... Uh, counterpoints was or uh, a rebuttal to not allowing the merger to continue is that it would only be a benefit to major retailers uh, like uh, Walmart and um, Amazon I guess I'm not sure is Amazon in in the grocery space more than um, Whole Foods I'm not sure but yeah they're the Albertsons person said that uh yeah it'll be not allowing this to continue or to go ahead will be a detriment to shoppers that don't you know not that don't go to walmart or whatever um one other thing the kroger in the kroger statement was they affirmed that no stores distribution centers or manufacturing facilities will close or lay off any workers if the merger passes. So I guess that's pretty fun. That's good, I guess. I don't know. It's, I, I don't when the, the um, I don't know how I feel about this because it is another merger that does take players out of the market. 
but at the same time like the the argument of of this being this is like a necessity to con- to to compete with the likes of Walmart huge market share Amazon like the convenience of the online ordering and stuff so i i mean i kind of get it the only thing is that like they're saying that they're going to protect union jobs they're saying they're not going to close down stores or facil- or like uh distribution centers and all the rest of it they're saying that they're not going to do those things i just don't fucking believe you that's that's the that's the problem like like in the face of like a bolstering your strength to stand against a giant like walmart if that does include union jobs i'm all for it i really am but um of those 413 stores that are gonna get moved that they're that will be divested to to C and S. That makes me wonder it, what's going to happen to those stores. Are those are some of those going to be closed? So are some of those jobs going to be canned? I don't know. Um, so interesting, interesting thing. This is a. Uh, it's one that, like hits close to home for me. Uh, I I shop at a Kroger store. Uh, it's a, under a different name, but fries. I already said it. But yeah, so. I thought this was interesting. I used to go to Safeway at my first job. I would go to Safeway for lunch. The hot, like hot lunch bar that they had there was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if they still do that, but oh well. There you go. So the Kroger Albertsons merger. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I would like to see more assurances from the Kroger Albertsons side of things as far as like protecting workers and consumers, of course. Um, so I'd like to hear how that how that's gonna work out. A bit of news on the completely ridiculous impeachment inquiry. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Republicans are definitely going ahead with this despite all of like their inquiry panels at committee meetings and shit they're not finding anything really like <laughs> uh so they're going ahead with it uh a rep- an aide to uh i they didn't specify which but a top le- republican in the caucus the spoke on condition of anonymity but confirmed that the house is going that's well this aide said that the House will be formalizing the impeachment inquiry on Wednesday, on the 13th, so tomorrow, I guess, uh, bringing it to a vote. I assume that's what it means. That's what it means. Um, other Republicans who were not named, also, I expect, for the sake of anonymity and the, the significance of the move, but they said that Speaker Mike Johnson is going to hold a closed-door vote on the on the 14th Thursday so curious if that means like just among Republicans like do we even have enough support in our own group to do this because there's a lot of um, blue district Republicans right now that uh, if they want to keep their jobs like this is <laughs> this might not be the best move for you uh, so that's something to consider I suppose Um uh, let's see. Another House Republican, Byron Donalds, he is a sitting member on one of the three committees that's investigating President Biden. 
He said that the inquiry will conclude somewhere in the neighborhood of two months and articles of impeachment will be drafted in the spring. Um, hard to say if that's just kicking the can down the road. Like knowing that you ain't gonna get shit, man. Like there's nothing here. I don't, I don't. There is no here. There's nothing here. I don't know what you're. Why you're doing this? So uh, I don't know. I guess. Well, I think the what the move is to me, and how it looks, how it how it feels, how it sounds, is that they want to have, they want to impeach Biden, so that. In the race, they can say he was impeached too. Look, Trump, yes, Trump was impeached, but so was Biden. Biden was impeached too. So the they're the same. You can't, like, that one negates the other, and that's fucking absurd. So uh, we will continue to watch and see how this develops. Uh, yeah, speaking of Trump, uh, one thing on his... I'm surprised that this has been as quiet as it is, but the, some of the uh, pseudo-electors from the 2020 election, six of them in Nevada, Nevada, I say Nevada, I, I hear some people say Nevada, that, and that's ridiculous, it's Nevada. I believe that's what Nevadans like to. Uh, anyway, so six of those fake electors were charged with... Um, conspiracy to overturn the election i think it's a conspiracy against the, uh, the state of nevada i think that's what it is but it didn't specify that's just what uh my mind put together but still they're with conspiracy to do something and overturning the 2020 election defrauding the voters of nevada i guess uh 10 electors in wisconsin have uh I'm going to assume pled out, settled out of court, because uh, they're not going to be brought in on charges. So there you go. That's uh, it would be interesting to hear from them. What, you know, like what were your, what were the instructions that you were given? You know, that would be that would be interesting. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. One thing. I believe that uh, it's kind of a small thing as an aside, I suppose, is President Biden at a fundraiser in Philadelphia. I believe this was on the 11th yesterday. Um, he said the other day, quote, the other day he said he wants to be a dictator only on day one. Wipe out the civil servants and a whole range of other things. He embraces political violence instead of rejecting it. We can't let that happen. Uh, well, like, no shit. First thing. And, like, this dictator on day one... Um, yeah, no. That's gonna be a no for me. That's gonna be a no on dictators at any point for any amount of time. I don't give a shit. I don't really give a shit what your motivations are. I don't care if you're gonna do all the things I wish would happen doesn't matter that's not the way that things are done that's unacceptable and uh, but I would say that I can't understand why these why his supporters would be okay with this um but like they keep they labor under the delusion that 
whatever it is that they want, because they want it, that must mean that other people want that too. Um, they want Trump to be a dictator and just rule with an iron fist. So they assume that we want the same thing and that we want Biden to do that. Uh, first of all, no, not Biden. Second of all, no, not ever. Third of all, no, not ever. This is unacceptable. This is antithetical to the American way of life, which I, I don't know. I don't know how many more times I need to say that um, it's weird how they've uh, claimed patriotism as their thing when it fucking isn't. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to riff on that anymore. Uh, right. Trump appeals a court decision. So in his, in the 2020 conspiracy claim, like the overturning the election uh, that he lost, reminder, he lost. So he was, he's trying to appeal that all of his actions are protected by uh, presidential, like executive privilege, that he was acting in the capacity of his office, which the original when it was originally proposed, it was rejected by uh, Judge Tanya Chukan, the under the premise that like doing trying to overturn an election is not acting in the official capacity of the presidency. You are you are a candidate trying to preserve your position. And so he's uh, appealing that to the Supreme Court and the special counsel, Jack Smith. He has filed for an expeditious review by the Supreme Court. Uh, in his filing, his verbiage was, quote, It is of imperative public importance that uh, Trump's claims of immunity be resolved by this court and that Trump's trial proceed as promptly as possible if his claim of immunity is rejected. So that's not very fun. The, like the... Three or yeah, three of those people are his appointees and two, three other ones will vote in his favor. So, yeah, that's uh, I'm not sure. I think um, in her Tanya Chukan's uh, Judge Chukan's uh, ruling, she she uh, mentioned that this that allowing him to do that would would put the office of the presidency above the law and thus whoever sits how holds that seat is above the law and uh yeah obviously not acceptable but you know a lot of these people on the supreme court i mean a lot of these justices owe their position to him so you know he, he's all about that like fail to kiss the ring and shit fucking ridiculous <clears throat> but actually, speaking of Supreme Court, uh, the Kate Cox case in Texas. So I do need to correct the record on one thing. The last time we spoke about this, I had framed it as such that the pregnancy coming to term endangers uh, Miss Cox's life, which that's not necessarily true. It might, but that's not. It's not as grave of a possibility as I made it out to be. Um, however, 
it is important to keep in mind that this that her long term health still is very much in peril. Her, she may not necessarily die, but her long term health will absolutely suffer because of this. Um, she will. It is likely. It is high, more likely than not if she has to carry this pregnancy to whatever end that it will Im- it will impair her ability to have children and i think she's like 30 or 31 so you know they're and from what i understand mr and mrs cox here want are in really want to have a big family they want to have a lot of kids um so you're kind of keeping her from being able to live the life that she wants um uh one thing another thing like as to keep in mind is so while her life may not necessarily be in peril her long-term health is and it is also important to remember that this child fetus fucking growing embryo whatever you want to call it is going to like it is just going to have agony until its death which is to say it's going to be it's going to die in her womb it, she is going to and, or, and they're going to have to take it out of her which will in, endanger her ability to have children she's already had i believe it's two c-sections um or she's going to have to deliver it stillborn which keeping a dead fetus in her body that long is going to endanger her ability to continue to have more children or third she's going to have a have to have like she's going to give birth c-section or not and the baby is is only going to live is is only going to be alive for a handful of days at best best case scenario is a few days a few days of agony of suffering of pain uh and yeah this is a pretty bizarre the the in the so her abortion her plea to get medical exemption to have an abortion uh was blocked by the courts i couldn't see if this was if this statement came from the from the court or from the from the attorney general of texas who is a piece of fucking garbage but it's a nothing can restore the unborn child's life that will be lost as of a result. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. What? This child's not going to live. Won't won't live to be a month old. I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about here. This is completely absurd. Um. Judge uh, Gara Gamble was, uh, she dissented on the ruling. Um, Her opinion was that each case, that this procedure should be allowed as each case is reviewed individually. Uh, She said, uh, quote, the idea that Miss Cox wants desperately to be a parent and this law might actually cause her to lose that ability is shocking and would be a genuine miscarriage of justice. I mean, what uh what more do you need to hear, man? This is a woman who's completely okay with the law as it is, 
but thinks that this one that this is a case for exemption. Um, uh, the the court did say that they were, they wanted to hear medical opinions that it that the procedure was um, was medically necessary and. I, I'm, I don't understand what more medical opinions you want. I believe uh, Miss Cox's gynecologist was the one who helped, like, was who was there to testify for the initial hearing to begin with, saying that it was medically necessary. I don't know what, like, I, I assume that they what they mean is they want to look around for different doctors, one of them who will support their position rather than the very obvious position of medical necessity it's um i think another something else that came out of this was that uh, something about doctors leaving the choice <clears throat> of the procedure in the hands of doctors uh so you're with the law as it is, right? You're leaving this. This is the choice that you are giving doctors. They have... This is a hypothetical. It was a hypothetical. But this is what they're being presented with, essentially. You have a patient who has, we'll say, a nectopic pregnancy. I probably mispronounced that. But it's a baby being formed outside of the womb. Uh, the things... It's going to become toxic. It's probably going to kill you if you don't have it removed taken out the only procedure to, to rectify this is terminating the pregnancy okay so there so at you're a doctor you are presented with that position your patient is pregnant but the fetus is not viable its viability or lack thereof is such that it threatens her life she could very well die and the court said no, which is, first of all, it's fucking ridiculous that it even has to get this. This is not a decision for a court to make, but whatever. Um, so the doctor is left with a choice. They can perform the medical medically necessary procedure for their patient uh, and face the <laughs> at minimum. Uh, like censure being uh, having their medical license revoked, very steep fines, and up to 99 years in prison. So that was just like the escalation there. Like Texas being what it is, uh, a doctor could very well be put sentenced to death for this. It would not surprise me at all to hear if th hear that be the case. In fact, I. If there's any any doctor in Texas with the with the fucking intestinal fortitude to go for it, to to continue doing it and go ahead with it, uh, that that's a level of moxie <laughs> that I I don't know if I don't know if I've ever heard of that that level of gumption. Uh, yeah, but if there is a doctor that would be willing to still to take that risk. Would not surprise me to see them put to death in the state of Texas. Uh, yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. 
which apparently includes stupidity. It's bigger in Texas. This poor woman. Uh, as far as I know, so another complication to this story, uh, Miss Cox has left the state of Texas to, for an... I didn't see where. I don't know if it has been disclosed, but she left Texas for somewhere else that will uh, perform an abortion for her. And so that will call into question, what is Texas going to do um, when she gets back? You know, is she going to be charged with murder? Is there going to be in like a, an extradition <laughs> put up from Texas, from the state of Texas to the state of whoever to bring the doctor to Texas for justice? What? How is this going to work with like uh, wanting to appeal court records? Because like, I don't know. How can you prove that she didn't, did or didn't have one? I don't know. You could just, she could just say that it was a miscarriage and it uh, passed out of me naturally. And there you go. How can they pull medical records for that i don't know um but yeah that's uh the developments in the kate cox story um kind of a short one i guess i could like jump on the website see if i find anything but uh one thing in the development a uh, development in the israel palestine situation the the on Monday yesterday, the Biden, uh, the administration, the executive branch shipped 14,000 tank shells to Israel without congressional review. Um, they cited um, an executive powers act from some fucking year or other. But the U, um, the Department of State, some representative of, of that department spoke out saying that U.S. policy requires that nations receiving this type of assistance like firearms or munitions from the United States must comply with laws of war. Uh, it's, and it's pretty fucking obvious that Israel is not doing that. They are, they are not complying with those exactly. So interesting to see where, how this is going to go. Um, as of today, the last number that I saw over 18,200 Palestinians have been killed. Um, I didn't see what percentage of them were children. Does it even fucking matter? Uh, it, one is too much. Um, nearly 50,000 people have been wounded. Uh, it's a pretty horrendous, horrendous figure when we got there. The United Nations General Assembly... They so there was on the 8th, that was last Friday, there was a proposition that was rejected by the, the UN Security Council, which has must have unanimous approval for things to pass uh, through the UN. The <coughs> vetoed a proposition on the 8th, the US vetoed it that would uh call that would uh require Israel to cease fire. And the U.S. vetoed that. Um, so to uh, yesterday, the General Assembly passed a resolution, which it doesn't have the same 
weight or power. You know, it doesn't have claws like the previous one, the one that the US Vito did. It doesn't have that kind of strength, but because of the the numbers with which it passed, it does have some pretty serious geopolitical clout. Um, the numbers were 153 votes for yes, 10 votes for no, uh, 23 votes abstained, which like, bro, why? But uh, like the UK abstained. Um, come on, man. Like the, I guess the official government line is that they're supposed to back Israel 100%. But uh, the feel, the climate on the ground, very, very different. So naturally, they're not going to go ahead with that. Um, let's see. Let me let me look for some other shit here, Just so that we can uh, have a little bit of a little bit more time together. All right. Uh, so here's an interesting one. It's a uh, sort of fits in like the, the police reform category. Uh, three Washington state police officers in 2020 were, are, were charged with the death of a black man. And they told the jury today that his death was the result of drug use, not excessive force, uh, which included choking, shocking and pinning him face down. Uh, uh, his name was Manuel Ellis. And he was unfortunately a, a meth addict. Uh, two of the officers, they were charged with second degree murder and manslaughter. The third is uh, was charged with just manslaughter. Let's see. One of the officers claimed, like in his testimony, said that uh, Mr. Ellis grabbed him by the vest, lifted him off his feet. grabbed him by the vest, lifted him off his feet, and threw him into the street like a child. Um, that particular police officer weighed 230 pounds with his gear on. <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, that was not witnessed, was not on the videos. And so one of the attorneys... The plaintiffs or the yeah, one of the prosecution said, is this is it believable anyway? I suggest to you it's not. This isn't a comic book. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm inclined to agree. I could not imagine the just what what I see in, you know, in the streets in Phoenix, what I see in the media, whether it's fictional or not, what I see of. How, the appearance of drug addicts, uh, particularly one like stuff like meth, is they're not very big. They're like their their addiction takes their power, their desire for anything but the drug away from them, which includes eating. Um, it's like they kind of do it out of desperation, and yeah, this uh. The idea that a that a meth addict, even in the throes of meth, was able to pick up a 230 pound man 
and throw him bodily. Like you might have had me if you said picked up and, you know, maybe like kind of slammed on the ground in place, you know, kind of like a, like an MMA thing. But it's like, you're telling me that he, this isn't a fucking video game where he picks you up and throws you with one hand or anything. That's ridiculous. The, another police officer claimed that Mr. Ellis was assaultive the entire time and used wild strikes is the exact term that the police officer used. Uh, the video evidence shows Mr. Ellis, when he's on the ground, his legs never once moved. Um, and that uh, one of the police officers was on his back choking him. Uh, the, the officer's statements were contradicted by six witnesses. Uh, they, wow. The police officers, the uh, defense attorneys claimed or said that the videos and witnesses are flawed and the officers acted appropriately. Uh, that's going to be a no from me, dog. Sorry. I'm not sorry. You don't. No fucking sympathy for me, dude. You're... All right, so we take off all the gear. Uh, just thinking of the gear that I had in Afghanistan. Like, I had plates. Uh, I don't know how many mags, fucking grenades and shit on me. With... Even with a, with a, a simple position... Like, an open position to grab, which is, like, the vest where it meets my shoulders... It's an easy place to grab, but I was a pretty strong guy. Uh, <laughs> I was a strapping young lad when I was in the military, man. Like, you're not some guy who was like 140 pounds soaking wet. Uh, is not going to throw me across into the street. That's not happening. It just really simply is not. Especially because I'm not... Um, I'm not claiming, I'm not trying to say I'm some kind of martial artist or some kind of badass because I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to say. But uh, I do know enough for if someone were to grab my vest, enough to just get them off of me. You know, I'm not going to put them into some, turn them into a pretzel or anything. I don't know. That's ridiculous. I don't know how to do that. But I do know how to just get their hands off of me. <laughs> Like, this is just another case. I think I mentioned yesterday on the Worldwide that I released. I mentioned that, like, I don't need your word for it anymore. I don't want... In fact, I don't want to take your word for it. I want to see for myself. I can decide for myself. Um, the witnesses, the people who witnessed the incident and the video evidence suggest that these police officers are lying wow the one of the witnesses was yelling just arrest him just arrest him you know okay so here's something that the defense brought up is that if there's nothing to arrest him for why did she say just arrest him they know something happened before the video started and he, once he began resisting arrest the officers had every means within their power to make an arrest when he started fighting that arrest he was resisting arrest they have no they have an obligation to get him under control and that's what they were trying to do this is i don't know man i'm not i'm not convinced i'm not convinced that you 
very much larger, very much stronger, much better equipped and trained to handle these situations. And you have two of your fucking buddies with you. You cannot convince me that that was necessary. You seriously can't. It, it's, this is fucking ludicrous. I don't know how, how they, how do they think, how does anybody believe that shit? How could you ever fucking believe that? Three giant dudes with gear and training do not know, cannot subdue a drug addicted man. You can't, you can't, you can't do that? Sounds to me like you shouldn't be a fucking police officer. That's what it sounds like to me. You obviously don't know what the fuck you're doing. God damn it. This, <laughs> I, um, it's, I'm really glad for just myself that I'm not desensitized to this shit. And it's so, every time it fucking makes me angry. Every single time. I cannot fucking believe this. Like, how is this, how is this still happening? Why is this still happening? Like, fuckers, you know everybody is watching you. Everyone is watching you fucking waiting for you to fuck up. Everyone's waiting for it. Man, this is not the time to be doing that type of shit. Yes, I know that was in 2020. I know. But doesn't matter. Fuck. God damn it. Um, Let's hit another one. This one is a lawsuit uh, challenging the... The labor system in the Alabama criminal justice uh, system. It, they're calling it modern day slavery. Even before I get into this, this is what I mean. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I in, I write to, I interact with uh, prison inmates from all all sorts of different states, and in, in not just in state lockup or county lockup, but also federal lockups. So I have a pretty decent idea of what the, what's fucking goes on there okay um why i talk to them we can talk about that offline uh, but i would be more than glad if you want if you want to talk more about that we can talk about that another time but i just suffice it to say i have a i don't know for myself it's not firsthand just and i have to accept that these inmates are probably embellishing a little bit just because you know when you're hard done by and you're in a really shitty place, you know, it, you're speaking a little bit more out of emotion. So I, I understand that the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I'm going to be honest with you. I, I aside a little bit more with them than I do with uh, any testimony by state agents. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, took me a second to read there, but uh, it sounds a lot. This is very reminiscent of all the other situations that I've heard about where uh, it just looks like the Alabama, the people in Alabama are being paid considerably less than the people I know who aren't paid a lot to begin with. Um, some instances, some an interesting thing I didn't know about, I'd never heard of this, was some of the inmates being on work release where the business they're working at pays them min at least minimum wage or more, and the prison keeps for at least forty percent of their of their pay of the gross pay. <clears throat> they also refer to the state calls it a labor trafficking fee. Jesus. Um. What else? 
there's an one of the inmates, uh, Almirio English, who's uh, in the state system. He said that trustworthy prisoners perform unpaid tasks that keep prisons running so that actual prison staff could be dedicated to other things. Um, yeah. His exact words, quote, Why would the slave master, by his own free will, release men on parole who aid and assist them in making their paid jobs easier and carefree? I difficult to disagree there and you're right on the fucking button why would uh so a lot of these uh the the 13th amendment which ended slavery it still allows labor to be used as a punishment for crime but like they're not being paid in a lot of cases they're not being paid it's man like how are we still doing this to each other so some Inmates in the Louisiana state system filed a lawsuit contending they have been forced to work in the prison's fields for little or no pay, even when temperatures are past 100 degrees Fahrenheit. That is a lot. In Louisiana, godly, that is horrible. The the Louisiana one I did know. Uh, I know someone in the Louisiana state system. This is very, just, yeah, that sounds sounds about right. I didn't know that it, I had never heard mention of the, of the uh, weather conditions not being a problem for the, for the inmates to work. That I had not heard. Wow. Th- first, th- this makes me think of, um, all right, so if you've read The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri, you're familiar with the phrase, abandon all hope ye who enter here. Like that's what is uh, supposed in the story. That's what's written above the gates of hell. But another one that does come from a real, it comes from reality is the phrase uh, work will set you free. That was one, that phrase was written over Auschwitz and other concentration camps. And I fuck. I hate. I really don't like when other people make World War II fucking references because they're really tired. But uh, like, as I was reading through that article, like that's exactly what was in my mind the whole time: is work work will set you free, but you're never ever going to be free. Yeah, and uh, uh, Mr. English had it right. Like, why would the warden let set you free? You're you are running the asylum for them. And you're doing it for free, so they can just sit on ass and collect a paycheck. Fucking absurd. Uh, here is... Alright, last thing before I get to one more thing before we get out of here is... The Arizona Supreme Court is hearing testimony from lawyers on a regarding a pre-statehood which is so like Arizona became a state in 1912 so anytime before that um this law in particular is is it 1846 1864 that's right it was uh in 1864 uh so pre-statehood ban on nearly all abortions 
has been limited or made moot by other statutes enacted over the past 50 years. Um, the state Supreme Court is reviewing a decision from a lower court that says doctors can't be charged for performing the procedure in the first 15 weeks uh, because other Arizona laws over the years have allowed them to do so. Nearly a year ago, the Arizona Court of Appeals concluded that doctors cannot be prosecuted up to 15 weeks. Okay, people who aren't doctors will still be subject to the pro to prosecution under the 1864 law. All right, so what I'm reading here is that the all of the statutes that had passed since 1864, those are being quote like they're in practice being ignored and the 1864 law is the only one that's that the one that the you know conservative lawmakers in Arizona are trying to stick with but one of the lo the lawyers um, one of the plaintiffs his name is Andrew Gaona the plaintiff attorneys named Andrew Gaona he his words were that all of the with all of the stuff that passed in the last 50 years quote signal any intent that most if not all of these subsequent enactments would become mere empty shells if roe v wade were ever to fail so you know in essence what was the fucking point of passing all that shit if it was going to not apply and uh, i i'm very much inclined to agree not just because i you know i'm pro-choice but in any situation where laws are passed it through you know throughout time and a supreme court precedent is like put is capped on top of that i don't see how that cap being removed nullifies everything that had happened up to that point it doesn't make any sense i know that there is however a push for the right to have an abortion will be be put to vote like uh, Ohio did and, you know it's, all the voters decide like do we want this or do we not I expect even as conservative as Arizona is perceived to be it's definitely especially in more in more recent years it's not it's not nearly as bad as it used to be 20 years ago, 25 years ago, or whatever. So I'm expecting that it'll get... It, it needs to have 500,000 uh, signatures on the petition, which I know one of the women who's leading this effort, and I was going to have her come on at some point to talk about it, and it'll be put to the vote. The idea is to have it on the vote for uh, November 2024. So there you go. That's uh, abortion in Arizona. The last thing I wanted to talk about, I think I'm going to try to make this a regular segment. Uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, the budget budget battles that are going to be coming up, you know, and how it's going to work going over the holiday or the holidays that are coming up. And it sounds like the at the end of the week, the the Congress is going to break for three weeks for the holidays. So, um, but the, the segment I wanted to start doing is very boring shit, 
but also very important shit. So, you know, you know those fucking topics. Like, watch as we start getting into this, you're going to you'll start uh you'll you'll start gathering why this is boring shit. So, <clears throat> this is a year over year analysis for the month of November as it pertains to budget deficits. <laughs> I know very exciting stuff. So, uh, year over year, um, from 2022 to 2023, the budget deficit grew by 26%, up to $314 billion where it stands now. Of the factors that, of the item line items that factor into that number, the federal revenue rose year over year uh, to $275 billion. That's a $23 billion increase, or 9%. All of the total extraneous factors, the outlays as they're referred to, the total number, the outlays total $589 billion. Um, that's an 18% increase, or $88 billion. Um, $25 billion of that of that outlay increase is from interest on on the loans that we take from the Federal Reserve. Outlays, so oh, 25 billion increase on interest, but the total outlay for interest is 80 billion. Uh, national defense is 66, that's up 8 billion. Medicare is up 8 billion to 93 total. Medicaid is up two billion for a total of fifty, and the biggest one is Social Security at one hundred and twenty-two billion. So it's like operating at that kind of a deficit, or contributes to the deficit that much. Like it's pretty fucking wild. <laughs> so on that interest rate stuff, the the money we owe to the Federal Reserve, which God, don't even get me started. So. <laughs> Our our total budget is twenty six trillion dollars. The so the interest on twenty six trillion dollars last the interest last November was two point two two percent, and this year it's three point one. Uh, so three point one percent interest on twenty six trillion dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, so there you go. The year over year deficit overall. Is, is up uh, 13%. So, very fun stuff. Now, if your eye, if you can unglaze your eyes for me, you know, and uh, find the breath of life once more, it's imperative. Why this is important is because this is the type of shit, this is the stuff that you're going to hear Republicans bringing up on the campaign trail. In particular, $122 billion deficit for, like from Social Security. They've been arguing Social Security insolvency for ages, and they've been wanting to just get rid of it. So what happens to all of your money that you that you put into it? Do what they get to they get to fucking play around with it and do whatever they want with it? Like, fucking excuse me, I better get that money back. If they want to privatize it, give me my fucking money back. I will privatize my own Social Security myself. It's weird, like one of the numbers that they won't bring up, of course, will be national defense. Um, they will be shitting on Medicare and Medicaid, of course, because Medicaid is for poor people. But knowing these numbers, it's important to know these numbers so that when they come up 
you know where they're like what they're talking about and they're not just trying to use fluffy language to make you alarmist language which they often tend to use so knowing these numbers uh i want to find more information on these numbers because uh, even even though i like a lot of these i like these programs like i like social security medicare medicaid all of that shit i like these things but i am curious why they're operating at this at this level so i guess i'll have to look into it so i can bore you again another time <laughs> all right so with that um let's get out of here network plug stuff uh you heard me mention the the show that i did previously the progressive patriots episode that one was globally focused obviously this one is just uh almost entirely in the u.s i think the only thing i did was that u.n the u.n uh, resolution vote that was that's wild had to mention that but i did the worldwide one yesterday um it's it can get it gets pretty rough at the end so you know listener beware um other shows if you you know i'm just gonna go to lvxmedia.net if you want to see all the other shows that i'm getting up to i do a lot of stuff so (laughs) we do a lot of different things over here so uh go check it out mma um boxing we do some um, just general slice of life and uh mental health stuff if you like that thing if you like that kind of thing um so doing the internet stuff that is one of them is going to the website checking out the other shows uh lvx media net on any that's the social media handle if you can't that's the social media handle on everything if you can't find me i'm not on it and uh what helps the most is rating and reviewing the show wherever you listen um, it would be very much appreciated. Hit us up with that five star. If if you have time for a review, that would be great too. Always love to hear from people. We actually had one on our MMA show. Somebody somebody uh, was very affectionate. Spoke very affectionately about one of our panelists, which uh, was fun. Um, all right. So the social media handles already told you is LVX Media Net. Uh, Common Defense. So, the common defense handles are common underscore defense on Instagram, common defense, one word, on Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Uh, Right. If you want to get involved, which I highly recommend, a lot of great people, a lot of, you know, like-minded people that are very interested in making a difference, wanting to make a difference. Maybe you don't know how to make a difference in your local area. I am more than certain that the people, the staffers there can hook you up. They'll put you in touch with people near you and you can, you know, get back around your fellow veterans, except they're not red hat fucking morons, you know? So if you want to do that, there's actually a call coming up. Uh, It is the 12th of December right now. There's a call on the 14th on the evening of the 14th. So if you want to get on that call, if you do tell them I sent you the progressive Patriots sent you, um, HTTPS slash slash. I didn't even need to say that. Why did I say that? LVX.AT slash CDEF LVX.AT slash CDEF. All right, there you go. I think that is going to do it. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. 
And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one.